Keep the change, you filthy animal. Where is the beef? Hey, how you doing? Hold on to your butt. Feels like an Arby's snack. Mine. Son of a... That's gonna leave a mark. Chili, baby, back with Well, what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. This is Tom and Jim's Top 5. Naming their top five lists on everything pop culture. Celebrating the 90s, sports, movies, music, and more. They're not authorities, just grown children. Here's your hosts, Tom Skull and Jim Doubt. All by myself. You there? Hey. Oh, I thought I was all by myself. You were. That's why you were singing that. Oh. Hi. Hey, buddy. How you doing? I'm all right. You you ready? Uh, you ready to do this? Don't 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 yell at me. I don't like to be. I don't like this feeling of alone, Jim. I really <laughs> don't. It's a, it's a it's a sickening feeling. It hurts inside. You know. It's kind of like oh. it's kind of like. The way some of these teens feel in these high school movies I've been watching. They have that sick feeling, you know? Like they are like they just got broken up with. What high school movies are you watching? Well, aren't we doing after school specials? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. Top five Degrassi Junior High episodes. Oh, shit. All right. Yeah. If we're, if... Mine all have Drake in them. <laughs> I was talking about those after, like those ABC after school specials I used to watch when you're. Do you ever have to watch those? No. All right, that's strike two. Write that down. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, let's just go. We're recording. I think we're recording. <laughs> hey. I did have a funny story. I do have a funny story. I don't even know if I should tell it though. It's what somebody a story somebody told me today. Okay, let me get started. Hey, I'll, everybody. I'll tell you, I'll tell you later. I don't I think I should you. say it. I don't think I should say it out loud. I hate you. Are you ready? No. What are we What are we doing? We're going to start. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, hey, everybody. This is Tom and Jim's Top 5. I don't know if I like that. I'll just go with it. I can, I can tell you right now that I didn't like that. <laughs> Check the volume. Turn down the main there, Skid Row. <laughs> a, little, a little hot, a little hot there. Uh, I am Tom, and that other person that you don't hear. <clears throat> oh, oh, <clears throat> that king of the manor, queen of the castle, jester of the court, uh. James Tiberius Doubt. How you doing, buddy? That was beautiful. Thank. You. That was beautiful. well. Thank and thank you for gracing me with your presence today. Well, you know, it's it's really the absolute least I could do for you. It is the absolute least you could. The do. absolute least I could do is to click answer on Skype when you call yeah. me. Actually, the absolute least you could do is not click answer and then just text me back and say I'm busy. <laughs> At least I know what I'm doing next week. Right. So we won't be here next week. <laughs> oh man, how you doing, man? I am lovely. How are you doing? I'm fine. You know, the world's still here, so I'm okay. You know? it's, uh, but yeah, parts of it, yep. Parts of it happened. are here. Which yeah. is, I, I, I want to say this. We just hope that Jim and I can bring you an hour to hour and a half of, uh, uh, of brightness in your week, this week. That's all we want to do. 
we all have our own feelings about things, but we just want to make sure we can make everyone out there smile. Is that fair to say? That's fair, yeah. And we 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 discussed whether we would uh, say opinions and things. We decided right. not to. Right. Um, mostly because I think I think people want to listen to shows like this or just entertaining things. Hopefully, we're entertaining to uh, distract them from the reality of uh, everything that goes on right now. Right. So. We won't bombard you with uh, all of that nonsense, and we'll just try to entertain you for the next, I'd say, a solid 75 minutes. There you go. I like that. I like that, Jim. We want to show that we love, and we like to make people smile. So that's what we're going to do. Okay. All right. And I love you, Jim. I love your face. Aw. Yeah. Hmm. I'm just over here smiling. I have nothing to say. <laughs> I can so, see. I can hear it. Yeah, I can hear your smile. It's, it's so nice. It's so nice. Uh, hey, we're doing a show um, this week. Oh, what? We are. And uh, <laughs> you I start? have a lot. Oh, uh, no. You have a lot? I have a lot on on these movies. There, I learned a lot. I'm excited. This yeah. was probably, not even probably, this was easily the most difficult list I had to put together. Which makes me wonder, am I living in my high school days? Yes, you are. Um, obviously, we are. We do a show mostly about the 90s, so yes. Mm. Um, well, I, I the same here. We say that every week. Like, it was a, this was a hard list to compile. But we, usually when we say that, that means like we had like six solid ones and one had to get cut kind of thing. Yeah. This yeah. one, I had like 10 <laughs> solid ones and yeah, this really good honorable mentions too. So I'm like, I'm a little... Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of just picked five, I guess. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. It was it was tough, man. It was really tough to narrow this one down. I had ten yeah. solid choices that I didn't know yeah. how to eliminate it. It was like when you were 16 and you were trying to figure out what CDs were going into your case to put oh, in your car. Your case logic? Yeah, your case logic. Except, do you bring Dookie or do you bring Frog Stomp? You only right. got one slot. What are you going to do? Did you have the one that was on your visor? Yeah, I had that one plus one that sat like in the seat next to me. Yeah, me too. So like, cause I had too many CDs. Yeah. And basically, I always just played like the same three anyway. <laughs> so I had a, I remember making my own CDs, like classic, oh, yeah. classic '90s mix. Like I'd make my own mixes or Road Trip yeah. One, Road Trip Two. Yeah, those are great. Tom's Jams. Tom's Jams. Oh, with a Z. Yep. So you know it's cool. Is it? Yeah. No. Um, so, yeah, we are doing our top five uh, high school movies, Jim. This is going to be exciting. I, I Like I said, it's, it was a tough list, uh, but I'm ready to go. Um, we we're, were able to record this on the day we actually said we we're going to record it, so that's that's a plus. As of right now? As of right now. Everything is still going well. We'll see how it goes later on. I am in, uh, in a little room. Um, my wife and kid are watching TV in the other room. I had to shut the door. It's a little echoey, so I apologize now. If it is, um, I'm not smart enough to figure out why <laughs> it's echoey, so you're just going to have to deal with it. It's just a cool effect. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah. It's like I'm hanging out in a hallway. So there's that. Uh, okay, Jim, before we get into our list, though, we had some comments from last week. Send them. All right. Uh, these come from this. These couple of them come from Facebook. Uh, Rhonda, just really simple, just said, hey, best episode yet. Um, for, referring awesome. to our last week's episode of College Boys, I, I highly disagree with her because <laughs> I don't think any of her episodes nice are good. Yeah. Really nice, Tom. Pick, pick a fight with people who are complimenting. No, 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 no. Thank you, Rhonda, and we love our listeners. Um, but uh, thank you. But yeah, it was it was a fun one doing the college movies. I was exci- I I had fun with that. But thank you for thinking it's our best one. Um, uh, Dave, 
listener Dave said, referring to our last week's episode, I remember being intrigued by PCU back in the day, but probably watched Seinfeld reruns instead. Going to have to check it out, though. <laughs> I like his comments. He's kind of got a little, uh, he gives us a little jab in there once in a while. I like that. Um, Aiden says, Tom can crack a walnut with all those kegels he's been doing. Well, thank you. I, I don't know if I can, but I'm going to try this Christmas. Uh, uh, this one comes from Twitter. Uh, Leah, uh, just listened to the College Movies episode. Wow, entertaining like always. I am ashamed to say I've only watched two shows in your lists, Old School and Road Trip. Well, those are two very good ones, Leah, so don't feel too yes. bad. Uh, totally need to watch the other ones you guys talked about. Sounds like fun shows. Thinking on the topic... Without or th- oh she want then she's talking about her uh, oh thinking out thinking sorry thinking on the topic without using internet searching the only two movies that really stood out to me were Revenge of the Nerds and Loser remember the movie Loser with Jason Biggs yes I did I never I think I I remember seeing it but I never saw it like I never remember seeing like previews and stuff for it I never saw it um, she said I grew up loving Revenge of the Nerds and my brother and I probably watched it about a hundred times yeah I watch it so much it's ridiculous um, thanks for another great episode and on the topic of merch yes I would definitely be interested in buying shirts or stickers just let me know the details well I will keep you in mind um, and it says you guys are killing it I look forward to every week hearing your show thank you Leah she's written in a few times and she's awesome very nice comments as always so thank you for that. Uh, a couple other people who wrote in um, wrote in their top five picks for this week. So we'll get to those at the end of the show like we always do and for our high school movies. So, Jim, should we just get right into it? Do you got anything else to say? Um, I have something totally off topic that I just heard that I thought was really interesting. I like it. You might find interesting. Yeah. Um, I was listening to another podcast, that one, um, The Ongoing History of New Music that I mentioned. Yeah. I was listening to an old one of those, and he was just talking about random facts. And do you know the song Tom's Diner by Susan Vega? Yeah. Okay. That song was written in the actual Tom's Diner from Seinfeld. Oh, Tom's Restaurant. Oh, that they use. It's monks yeah. on the show, but it's Tom's it's in, monks, the, yeah. in real but New York. Tom's. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. No way. He wrote that in a booth there, and that's it's named after that exact diner. I thought that was interesting. That's interesting. And I love Seinfeld, you know. I know. That's why I told you. Well, thank you. And my name is Tom. I don't know if you knew that. Oh. <sighs> It's first on the logo. I don't know if you noticed that. It's first on the logo. Right, right, right. Right, 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 right. right, right. Okay. Cool. Um, Well, should we get into our topic, Jim? We should. We should. All right. Should I start this week? I let you start two weeks in a row because we've been doing so well. Should we stick with that theme or should you want me to go and ruin this whole thing? It's your show, buddy. It's up to you. Not my show. Um, Okay. I'll start. My number five, Jim. Yep. I think you know where I'm going. Right when I say I'm sticking with the 80s here. Okay. And my number five came in, out in 1985. There's a ton of 80s high school That's movies. That's true. I, I might have one or two on here. <laughs> uh, mine came out in 1985, though, by our buddy John Hughes. And it's The Breakfast Club. Of course. Of course it is. I love this movie, Jim. I know. I don't know if you love this movie, I do, but I do. So I'm going to talk about it, okay? Good. 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 Uh, anyone who doesn't know, the synopsis says uh, there's five students that are, have Saturday detention, um, and they have to go to school at 7 a.m. on a Saturday, and it, it's uh, and they have to. Um, they're it's basically the whole thing is they're in detention, and they are five different types of kids. There's the jock, the brain, 
what is it? The, the 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 pretty girl, the crazy girl, or basket case as they call her, and then a guy they call the criminal a criminal, but he's the the troublemaker. And and by the course to the throughout the course of the movie, they learn that they have a lot more in common than they think they do. And there's a lot of teenage angst in it, and it, it, you know it's uh, it's really cool, and it ends with on a really nice positive note, and uh, so yeah. But I think a lot of people have seen the movie, I, and Jim, I know you've seen the movie, right? Of course I have, yeah. Oh. And I do like Retroscope a lot. I used to watch it quite a bit when I was right. younger. Uh, obviously, famously, Jim, what's the song that comes from that you think of when you hear Breakfast Club? The uh, Simple Minds. Yes. Don't you forget about me? Don't you, Jim? Don't you? Don't you forget about me? Uh, great song. Only song on the soundtrack, according to Jim Doubt. Um, it is. It's yeah. a, the soundtrack is a single. <laughs> it's a great single, though. It's a great, great single. single. It's a awesome song. Um, uh, the Breakfast Club is quintessential, like known as the quintessential '80s film. I think there's a lot of comedies, '80s comedies out there and stuff, but this was like the the '80s teen movie for sure. I think, and so I think a lot of people still think that. Um, yeah, it, it's just one of the best films of the whole entire decade. Um, a lot, of, a lot of cool facts on this. Um, obviously, it's written and directed by John Hughes, who he likes to set all most almost all his movies in Illinois or or, or I should say Chicago or a suburb of Chicago. And mm-hmm. this, of course, takes place in uh, oh, what's the school? Sherman High School, which he uses in other movies that we may talk about on this list. Um, same school, so it makes you wonder if those other movies in this movie are all kind of related, where all these kids were at the same, where they all is this all the same world? You know. Yeah, oh. I guess you could kind of look at it like that. Yeah, let's not get into that. That's just crazy. It's a really, talk. it's an extremely popular high school, though. But it's not a real high school. Right. I, okay. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, Wait, these aren't documentaries. Breakfast Club wasn't a documentary. Yeah. Well, I thought it was for a long time. Wait. I thought it was for a long time. Uh. Anyway. All right. All right. All right. Um. A couple cool facts about this movie. Um. Uh. The, the whole scene is they're shot almost almost the entire movie shot in one area which is the library well the school they shot this at um, John Hughes wanted to use the library for deten- detention because that's when he grew up the detention area was the library and I think a lot of us went to school like that like the detention area was the library because I don't know why but it just was and um, but the library at the actual school is too small for shooting so they actually convert built a library in the gymnasium of the school and that's where that's what they use and it's a huge I mean in the movie it's like who has a library that size um, in their high school but um, and actually it was built yeah, using part of the gym and then on breaks the cast and crew would actually uh, in the gym next to it because there's like three gyms all three courts they'd play basketball and stuff while this why the uh, shot was getting set up and stuff um, the scene where they all sit in a circle, um, it kind of like the pivotal scene where they all are finally like kind of calm down, but they're sitting in a circle trying to get to know each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, they start telling stories of like why they're there and it gets pretty real. Like they get, you know, pretty emotional and stuff. Um, the director actually told them all to ad lib that stuff. They all just came up with their own stories and own like, well, like when Emilio Estevez talks about his dad being like, cause he's the football player or whatever. And he's, he's like, get, put so much pressure on him and stuff and then when uh when uh what's his name judd nelson who plays bender like he talks about his, his dad and he burned him with a cigarette he or whatever yeah. yeah and it's like that was oh, all God, that was, yeah that's what you get for spilling paint on the floor um anyway that was all ad-libbed which i thought was amazing i was like that seems like a really good writer wrote all that and he just had the actors come up with some stuff and he put it all together which is pretty cool 
So that is cool. This entire entire film was shot in sequence. I mean, for those of you who know movies, no, not many movies are shot in sequence at all. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Um, I didn't. That is really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the very end, you know, like the, the iconic end scene, and I think a lot of people had this poster in their room. Um, when uh, Judd Nelson's character Bender is walking across the football field at the end in the song, Don't You Forget About Me, he's playing, and then he shoot, you know, pumps his fist up in the air, and then they freeze frame that. Uh, that was also ad-libbed uh, by Judd Nelson. John Hughes just kind of told him, like, try some different things as you're walking away, and we're just going to fade out as you're walking away. And then he just did that without telling anyone, and John Hughes was like, hmm, I think, that, I, think I like that. And then, of course, it was, like, <laughs> iconic uh, picture for the 80s, you know, so... I thought that was pretty cool. Um, there's a bunch. I mean, there's tons on this movie. I just wrote down a couple things. Uh, the uh, my favorite my favorite thing though. Judd Nelson and John Hughes didn't get along too well. I think Judd Nelson kind of fell into his role a little too much, a little method acting. Yeah. <laughs> so they butted heads heads quite a bit. But um, oh, where the heck is it? I got okay. Judd, this one. Judd Nelson actually went undercover, dressed as Bender, in all the you know clothes he wore. Uh, to a local high school outside of Chicago, near where they were filming, so it was a different high school, and he can he convinced the teachers um, or the teenagers that he was a legitimate student there, hmm. and after buying those said teenage students beer with his quote unquote fake idea fake ID, um, he was actually twenty four at the time, so it was not fake. Um, Nelson told them to drop him off at the hotel where the actors were staying, and years later, reflecting on his antics, Nelson said. They would ask me, like, why I was staying there. And I told them, well, my dad was in jail, and I'm staying here uh, because, uh, like, just you just tell them stories. I'm like, I think that's hilarious. He's like, I'm just going to go mess with these kids. And he went out in his, his uh, stuff. And the stuff that he wears in the movie, um, is he wore that to his uh, audition. <laughs> and they're like, that's perfect. That's what we're going to go with, that clo- those clothes. Yeah. <laughs> And then his crazy boots that he wears to get them uh, to get them to look the way they did. He p- took a quart of motor oil and poured it over them and left it overnight, and that's how he got that like crazy look on his boots. Oh, that's that funny. funny. Uh, the theme song, of course, of course. Don't you forget about me. It was written by Keith Forzy. It's number one hit for Simple Minds. Um, and Billy Idol and Brian Ferry at time turned it down um, before Simple Minds recorded it. Billy Idol, Billy, Billy Idol later did record it um, on a Greatest Hits album in 01. Um, but the song was turned by the, down by them. It was also turned down by the Pretenders. Um, but, they're the one, but they're the ones who suggested, hey, you should try Simple Minds to sing it. And, of course, it became their biggest hit. And I'm sure the other people were kind of like, hmm, damn it, shouldn't have let that one go. Yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, the, so- the school... Um, the fictitious suburb of Illinois is Shermer, Illinois, and the the, the, um, the school Shermer. Uh, other films that take place there, of course, are John Hughes films, Weird Science, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Sixteen Candles, and Pretty in Pink, and um, and actually National Lampoon's Vacation. Uh, they're they're from Shermer, Illinois. So um, I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, which is oh, the, so the name, The Breakfast Club, that came from John Hughes growing up. Um, and they used to call detention. They had a, his friend who was always in detention called it the Breakfast Club. Like that's what he oh, called cool. detention. And so that's where it came from because it was just going to be called deten- detention, which was such a lame, lame name yeah. to think about it. But that's what he called it. And so uh, yeah, it stuck. And it's uh, it's absolutely awesome. Um, I don't know. You got anything else on this movie? I I love this movie. It's great. Um, my favorite my favorite else uh, is, is uh, Mr. Vernon, the teacher that's watching them all day, and he's such a mean asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like he's he's just awesome. Um, my favorite line Mess I use with the bolt. 
get the horns. That you, I was just gonna say that. One of the lines, I love my lines that you use all the time, and then I show people the horns. You know, I point at them. Uh, of course you do. Yeah, of course, because he got it. I mean, he's and he's and then that one, and then when he says he has to come in there because uh, they make a. Can you describe the ruckus? They make a ruckus, you know. <laughs> and he goes, "Next time I come in here, I'm cracking skulls." And I just love that just sheer violence that he was threatening on these these kids. Of course, he wouldn't do anything to them, but. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, and John Hughes makes a cameo in the movie. He's he plays Brian's father, the guy who picks Brian up at the end of the movie in the car. That's John Hughes. Um, oh yeah. He tends to be in a lot of his movies in different w- weird roles, but that one you can really see him, like he's in the driver's seat and stuff. But it's it's awesome. Oh, the other thing I wanted to read. Um, the oh, do I have that on here? I might not have that on here. They they tried to cast like there's so many people that um, auditioned for roles and stuff. Um, the, the actual role that Judd Nelson played Bender was going to go to John Cusack, and he was actually cast. And at the last minute, they made a change. John Hughes made a change, and John Hughes and Judd Nelson butted heads so much. He they said they never worked together again. But he also John Hughes also said it was the best casting change he made because that because Judd Nelson's best role ever, you know. So yeah. um, that was kind of cool. Uh, Jim Carrey also auditioned for a role of this before, uh, for John Bender um, way before he was anybody. Um, so, yeah, there's lots of people who audition and stuff. But, uh, yeah, there you go. I love hmm. I love it. Don't you forget about me, Jim. Yeah, it makes me remember that uh, I realized that we forgot seeing Almost Fire last week. We were talking about college movies. Ah, uh, yeah, that's that's a good one. You know, and I've only seen I've actually only seen that one time, which is weird because mm-hmm. it's the same people. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, I mean, mean, it's like the Breakfast Club Part Two. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh yeah. All right. I I think that was a good pick. Good good starting off point, Jim. Hey, hey, good pat on the back there, buddy. Yeah. Well, you weren't going to say it. <laughs> I do like. I mean, I do like the Breakfast Club. It is a great movie. Yeah, it has fallen off on to me in a few over the years, and so that's why it's like fallen to number five. Because like back in the day, when someone asks you, like a lot of people be like, "Oh, the Breakfast Club," just because it's like the one you think of. And and to to credit what you say, it's because you think of that song, <laughs> you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it is a good movie, but it, I have some others on here that I uh, just had to put above it. So. Well, I can't um, judge any of your picks because you haven't heard any of mine yet, and I'm going to say my number five. And you're going to go, really? Oh, so it's like, is it is it like checkers? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Jim! Hey, done? Jim! What's your number five? I really, um, my number five, Tom, is. Uh, Varsity Blues. Jim, this is an honorable mention of mine. I would not judge you for this movie. Well, I can't ever tell what you're going to give me shit for or what you're not going to give me shit for. Because you're going to think so. I'm going to say it's a football movie. No, I don't know what you're going to come up with. But I'm going <laughs> to stick with Varsity Blues. Either, either do I. You could probably tell when I'm talking. I have no idea I'm what just, I'm about to say. I've pretty much just given up. Well, all right. Just been, just been beaten down so many times. Oh, yeah. But Varsity you know what? Blues. It made you into the man you are today. Yeah, whatever. Varsity Blues. 1999, um, American coming-of-age sports comedy drama film follows small-town high school football team and their overbearing coach through a tumultuous season. The players must deal with pressures of adolescence and football, uh, football-obsessed community. Um, the film drew a gross box office amount of $52 million against its budget of 16 million so it did pretty well i saw it in the theater i did as well yeah 
So a uh, big cast, really. James Vanderbeek obviously played Jonathan the Mox Moxon. Uh, he suffered a concussion when he was a kid. Uh, he was actually a really good football player, and he was trying to catch a pass in eighth grade. Suffered a concussion. Uh, he had to sit out a year and started acting, and never went back to football. Oh, he was really a football player as a kid. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, because he looked. He looks like he knows what he's doing in the movie. Like he, yeah, looked, yeah, well, that's cool. Uh, Amy Smart, who we talked about last week, yeah, uh, plays Jules. Paul Walker is Lance Harbor. John Boyd's the Best coach. Co- yes, Coach Kilmer. Yes. Uh, Scott Kahn is Tweeter. We all knew a Tweeter. Oh yeah. Everyone had a Tweeter. In, in fact, their high uh, the one I knew listens to this show. <laughs> so thank you, Ryan. You are a Tweeter. <laughs> um, Allie Larder, of course, played Darcy. That's the movie debut for her. And Ron Lester played Billy Bob. Um, although Billy Bob was supposed to be an 18-year-old high school student, he was actually 28 years old when they shot the movie. Oh really? He's got a baby yeah. face. You know, he's a big boy, but he's got that baby face. You know. Yeah, he was he was 28, wow. and he actually died in 2016. Oh no, I did he- I did hear about that. Yeah, that's. Too I bad. did not know yeah. this. Uh, he died of liver and kidney failure. Um, by the time he was 30, so two years after the filming of that movie, he weighed 508 pounds. Holy shit! Um, he decided to go through experimental gastric bypass surgery, and it almost took his life. He recovered from flatlining on the operating table and um, decided to try to live a healthier lifestyle, I guess. Uh, he lost 348 pounds in, two, in the next two years. Um, and he's had 14 plastic surgeries to tighten and remove his excess skin. If you look him up, just pull him up on IMDb, mm-hmm. you won't even recognize him. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Billy Bob. I did too. Uh, in the, the, what's the most famous scene in this movie? Uh, well, without women out there judging me, uh, I would have to say uh, Allie Larder's whipped cream bikini? Of course it is. Okay. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> I was going to say, when you said Allie Larder stars as Darcy, and I was going to say, and whip, <laughs> Cool Whip stars as her bikini, but yeah. we went over the joke. But no, I got to say it anyway. anyway. And uh, it was not actually Cool Whip. It was shaving cream. Okay. doesn't so don't, don't eat it. Did, right. They couldn't get Cool Whip to stay in the right way that they needed it to stay. Um, careful, Paul Walker, careful where we're going with this, Jim. Paul Walker actually <laughs> broke his leg during the filming of the movie. Oh, uh, really? Van Beek, yeah. Van de Beek wears number four yeah. to uh, pay tribute to his favorite player, Brett Favre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all the beer in the movie just says beer on the can that's awesome <laughs> except except in the um the uh cookout scene where he throws the football at his dad's head fire that pig skin fire that pig skin <laughs> that's a, a lone star which is a which, terrible terrible beer real beer though i'm surprised they got it was that real beer there. Yeah. yeah and let's see the announcers in the movie <laughs> Love were guys. not real actors scooter yeah. <laughs> they uh, they called a local high school game in Texas, and the announcers called a high school game in Texas that was labeled the greatest high school comeback ever between Plano East and John Tyler in 1994. Oh, that's not that's not Friday Night Lights. That's a different. Yeah, that's no Plano is uh, north of Dallas. Okay, all right. And cool. um, the book. Moxon's reading on the sidelines is Slaughterhouse Five yeah. by Kurt Vonnegut Jr. 
and he'll that author will come up in another movie i think so and uh <laughs> the, the ford poster the the ford on the movie poster that blue and white truck was never actually in the movie oh yeah, that, and that's a sweet poster. Truck. It's not his truck. It's yeah. a sweet truck. It's an awesome poster. And you are damn right. I just realized that now. That is never in the movie. Never in the movie. Billy Bob's truck's in it, but it's like a big decked out Ford F-150 or something. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know why. I just always assumed it was the same truck, but it's not the same truck. Well, son of a bitch. And the guy who played Wendell, his name is, uh, I think it's Eliel Swinton. I think is how you say that. Uh, he was actually a top high school prospect before playing college football at Stanford. He was team captain his senior year and started as a strong safety. He signed with the Kansas City Chiefs as a free agent, mm-hmm. but his career was short-lived. He ended up staying in California working as a production assistant before getting cast as a running back in Varsity Blues. That's cool. Yeah, that's funny because never, I've never seen him in anything else. Have you? Mm-mm. Yeah. Nope. All right, cool. And uh, the only other thing I have, uh, Joe Pickler played Kyle Moxon, his uh, younger brother who was religious-obsessed and always doing <laughs> – a lot of different things in the yeah, movie. Yeah. Um, in 2006, he left a note on his car, which appeared to be a suicide note, and he was never seen again. Really? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Okay, let's pick this up. That's sad. That's sad. I I feel bad for him and his family. That's too bad. So. Oh. Hmm. Jim, let's talk about the teacher. <laughs> you Ms. go to prom with me. Miss Davis, you go to prom with Ms. me. Davis. Yeah. Tan. Uh, <laughs> F and tan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a great scene, too. Oh, man. This is a great movie, Jim. This, this is a total high school movie. Yes, it is yeah. a football oh, movie, yeah. too, but, man, this is totally about what, again, we, you and I have covered Oklahoma slash Texas high school football. Mm-hmm. Um, but this actually kind of dives into not just the actual football games, but the what, what the kids dealt with in school and with their parents and stuff. So, yeah, this is a great movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's pretty, I mean, it's it's over the top, but it's still like, yeah. if you go to high school in those huge football states, it's uh, it's it's a pretty big deal. But I remember like thinking at the time what they were doing to, uh, what's his name's leg? Um you know, giving him the shot. Wendell's. Or his own shot or whatever. Yeah. And they throw it, make a big stance, and everybody gets all mad. It's like, yeah. it's not like steroids. It's not injecting yeah. him with like HGH or anything. It's like a cortisone shot. It's, yeah. It's okay. Well, It'll like, yeah, nowadays it would be different. And, you know, it's kind of like when, uh, when Jesse was hooked to caffeine pills and saved by the bell. It's like, I'm so excited. Yeah. Oh. We all felt that. We all we all hurt still for her on that one. Um, Jim, playing yep. football for West Canaan Coyotes may be the highlight of your life, but I don't want your life. I don't want your life. <laughs> I love this movie. I own this movie, Jim. I do love this movie, actually. Good, good. Anything else on it? No, that is all the knowledge I have well, there you on go. Varsity Blue. Dropping the knowledge. Boom! Boom. All right, well, my number four... Wasn't really paying attention, um, so it's I guess it's my turn again. My number four, Jim. I am sticking with the '80s. Okay. okay. Um, I think this is on your list, and I, I, it's pro- maybe it's higher. I don't know, but I apologize. We're gonna go with it right now. My number four came out in 1986. It's a little movie called Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Of course, yes, that is. Uh, it's my number three pick. Oh, well, there you go. So not, so not too crazy there. 
Yeah. I absolutely love this movie. I remember watching this movie when I was like five, like and just continuing watching it all the time. I oh, thought man. Ferris Bueller's Ferris Bueller was the coolest kid ever. Because <laughs> he still is. Because he still is. If there's anyone out there who doesn't know what this movie is, I'm sorry. Um, but I will try to give a little synopsis. It's basically Ferris Bueller plays hooky <laughs> from school. Um, Period. That, that is that's what it is. Yeah, there's nothing else. The only thing is this: pr- the principal's after him because he's been... Jim, how many times has he been off? Nine times. Nine times? I don't remember him, remember him being sick nine times. That's because he wasn't sick. He's probably skipping school. It's a fool's paradise. <laughs> Should we just do the Bueller. whole movie? <laughs> Anyway, so he's kind of after him, but Ferris, uh, in his day, he convinces his friend Cameron, who actually is sick, to go where he thinks he's sick, to go with him, and then his, his girlfriend, um, uh, 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 oh my god, Simone, Simone. oh my lord, sorry, um, to go with him for the, the day, and they go all over Chicago. Uh, this also takes place in fictitious Shermer, Illinois, at Shermer High School, and it is a John Hughes movie as well. So a lot of the shots of the school, and, um, they're not exactly the same, but they're in the same area and same hallways and stuff like that. Um, I, Jim, I just freaking love this movie. It's it's amazing. Um, I quote it all the time. Um, oh, yeah. There's, there's nothing about this movie I don't like. Um, a couple fun facts um, under when they're playing hooky and they're, they go to a Cubs game. Um, John Hughes wanted it to be a White Sox game because, like you, he is a huge White Sox fan. Was a huge White Sox fan. Of course, John Hughes not alive anymore. But which is so weird because all of his movies are shot on the North Side of Chicago. I know, I know, but he is a South Side guy. Well, at least he's a, he loves the White Sox. I don't know, maybe feels differently about other things, but he loves the White Sox. But they couldn't get that to. F- worked out and they had they were able to go to Wrigley Field to shoot at the Cubs game and so that's how that all came about um uh, the guy who plays Cameron Alan Ruck was actually 29 years old at the time (laughs) which is uh which is crazy um because Mia Sarah was actually 18 and then um but Matthew Broderick was 23 although he looked pretty young he still looks young have you seen Matthew Broderick lately he still yes. looks like he's 25. Just put on a couple extra pounds. That's about it. But Alan Ruck was actually scared because he was 29. He thought, oh, I'm not going to be able to, they're, they're going to fire me. I'm going to look too old. I'm going to act too old. But he fit right in. And, it, well, for the character, too, it was perfect. So. Yeah. Um, other people who actually auditioned for Ferris are little-known actors. You might have heard of them. Uh, Rob Lowe, John Cusack, Jim Carrey, Johnny Depp, Tom Cruise, Robert Downey Jr., and Michael J. Fox. Uh, and then it actually went to Matthew Broderick, obviously. Um, and actually, the number nine was chosen. We just joked about how when he said nine times, they they didn't have a number in the script, but they liked the way uh, the the guy who played Edward Rooney, the principal, said nine, and so mm. that's why they stick with nine. So okay, yeah, which is kind of cool. And that also, uh, Alan Ruck, um, Cameron wears the Gordie Howe uh, hockey jersey, Detroit Red Wings hockey jersey, and his number is nine, which kind of you know shows that the nine is in there a couple times. Um. Yeah, this is uh, this is just awesome. Uh, the scene with the Ferrari. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay, so the um, the end when he beats the hell out of the Ferrari, and it goes flying out the back. It was they had the stunt all set up like they and it had a mark to land on. Okay, it overshot the mark because they shot this at a real person's house. 
in Illinois. Yes, I've been to that house. And you, yeah, I remember you sending me pictures or some of it. And so um, it overshot the mark, and you can see in the in the in this you know in the scene, it's it, it like dented a fence. It hit a fence down in the woods there where it landed. Well, that was the neighbor's fence. So they had to pay for like the replace of that person's fence and the trees that it damaged and stuff because they didn't think it would go as far as it did and it did. So um, that scene's also awesome because they, me, uh, Mia, Sarah, and uh, Matthew Brock say nothing for like four minutes. Cameron just goes and just says, <laughs> just he's going on and on and on, and then they just saying it in it, it's it, four oh just over four minutes goes by and then Matthew Brock goes, you killed the car. So, <laughs> so, um, ben Stein, who plays the economics prof- uh, teacher, uh, I think this was his first role. I, I didn't write that down, but Ben Stein was actually he was a speechwriter for I think President Nixon and Nixon, other people yeah. and stuff. And he actually has a degree uh, in ec- economics and voodoo, voodoo economics, <laughs> economics. Um, John Hughes hired him because of this, the way he talks and stuff, and he know and he knew him because they're both. I think they're both Republicans, and they they know some of the same people. But uh, he hired him, and then he kind of just said, "What should I do?" And he's like, "Just, just give a lesson. Just talk economics." So everything he says, he just gives. He just keeps going and does a whole lesson on economics. Nothing was scripted. Nothing was written down. And so like he just gives this dry thing about the the economics in the eighties, and it's just it's awesome. You can hear it in the background when other people are talking and stuff. It's great. It's great. What else do you got on this movie? I got a bunch more, but let's. Oh, I have in. I have like a page of just like fun <laughs> facts here. But uh, the Ferrari was actually an MG chassis with a fiberglass body that couldn't afford to rent an actual and destroy. Ferrari. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so that house is um, it's kind of like in the it's on the north side of Chicago, like Highland Park, Glencoe area, if I remember right. And in the movie, it makes you think that the house is kind of like out in the middle of the woods alone. Yeah. But it's it's like in a really populated neighborhood. And there's like a house right behind it. Like you said, it hits the fence of the next house. Yeah. It's really not as, as uh, secluded as you think it is. And it's not too far from the house from Home Alone is kind of in that area, too. Right. Um, gosh, what else in this movie? Um Bert Bueller was a, a longtime friend of John Hughes. That's how he got the name. <laughs> Bueller. 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 Uh, during the parade scene, several of the people dancing, including construction workers and window washers, had nothing to do with the film. They were just there dancing to the music being played. So John Hughes told them, <laughs> told the camera people to shoot him. That's awesome. That's another reason yeah. to love Chicago. People here, they'll just start <laughs> dancing. It doesn't matter. If you needed another reason to love Chicago. Yeah, I know. There's so many reasons to love Chicago. Um, the uh, parents, Ferris, Ferris's parents, yeah, uh, married in real life. Yeah, I read that. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, don't don't get too excited. They divorced in 1992. Uh, well, okay. They they had a short run though. Yeah. Um, to uh, for Jesus, sorry, my dog just came flying down. Step on some bubble wrap. <laughs> He's fine. He's okay. fine. Now my wife's yelling uh, at him. Oh boy. For uh, for Charlie Sheen to make it look like he was drugged out. <laughs> He stayed up for 48 hours straight, probably on drugs. But I was going to say, does he need to stay up? Does he like need to work on making himself look like he's drugged out? No, I, mean, no, I, did, the, I did this just stay up for 48 hours. I also did a lot of meth. Yeah, he did stay up for 48 hours. He didn't try to stay up for 48 hours. He just stayed up because he couldn't sleep because of the drugs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
also kind of weird. Matthew Broderick and Jennifer Grey later became engaged after this movie. Yeah, so I've this heard movie that actually, created yeah. more couples. Yeah, but I did. I never heard this. About a year later, um, after Broderick filmed Biloxi Blues and before Grey um, was in Dirty Dancing, the couple was involved in a fatal car crash in Ireland, where the passengers of the other vehicle and the mo- the mother and daughter uh, died. Jim, Jim, now that you're two for two with just bringing everyone down here. Uh huh. But that's actual interesting information. It's very interesting. It's very. You're right. It's very interesting, and it's sad. Good. So thank you, Jim, for educating me. You're welcome, Tom. Is there another Mia person Sarah, in there? Okay, I'm sorry. Mia, Mia Sarah says um, Matthew Brodzik actually tickled her feet and knees to get her to laugh in the taxi cab. <laughs> That's a great scene. That is a great scene. Um, let's see. The hand that presses the speaker button on Cameron's phone was John Hughes, and after the crew left, he reshot it with his own hand because no one could do it right. Oh, that's awesome. That's a that's a classic <laughs> director move. Like, forget it. I'll just do it myself. <laughs> and uh, Mia Sarah, who was my first childhood crush, oh, by the way. Oh, yeah. Mia Sarah beat out Molly Ringwald for the part of Sloane. Nice. Um, according to John Hughes, it was because Mia Sarah had elegance. According to Ringwald, uh, John Hughes said she was too big for the part. Too big as in like a big star? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. They actually, I, I didn't mention in our Breakfast Club thing, they had a little falling out too. Because she was in a lot of his movies and there was a falling out where she didn't want to be in teen movies anymore. And they didn't talk, I think, all the way up until his death. So that's kind of Oh, sad. wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, you mentioned Molly Ringwald there, but here's another, here's a list. Okay, listen to all these names. All considered for uh, Jeannie, which was uh, uh, his sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linda Blair, Goldie Hawn, Meg Ryan, Ellen Barkin, Kim Basinger, Jamie Lee Curtis, Ali Sheedy, Jeannie, De- Jeannie Davis, Robin Duke, Carrie Fisher, Melanie Griffith, Mary Gross, Linda wow. Hamilton, Daryl Hannah, Barbara Hershey, Holly Hunter, Angelica Houston, Jessica Lane, Kelly LeBrock, Kelly Kaylins, Jer- Julia Louis-Dreyfus, Catherine O'Hara, Madonna, Kelly McGillis, Michelle Pfeiffer, Sybil Shepard, Meg Tilly, Sigourney okay. Weaver, Jodie Foster, Sharon Stone, All and right. Deborah Winger. Holy crap! That's they were all considered until they cast uh, uh, what's her name, <laughs> Jennifer Grey. Yeah, yeah, that one. What the hell? Who goes to that many people to figure out they gotta they gotta get the right actor? Apparently, they John Hughes does. So, um, let's see. Whenever Mr. Rooney and Ferris are talking to each other, only one of them speaks in their conversation. The other one just listens. That's awesome. Yeah, I never picked up on that. And. Uh, you mentioned Simple Minds. There's uh, the a poster on Ferris's wall for "Don't You Forget About Me," because it's a great song. On well, that and it's in another John Hughes movie. We'll probably go with Column B on that one. <laughs> and uh, most of the license plates are all abbreviated titles of other John Hughes movies. Okay, what are they? Okay, so one of them is VCTN for Vacation. Yep. Genie's Car is TBC for The Breakfast Club. Uh, <laughs> Tom's car. I'm not sure who Tom. Tom is the dad. His oh. is M M O M for Mr. Mom. Nice. Rooney's is F four F B D O Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And the only exception is Cameron's dad's Ferrari, which was N R V O U S. Nervous. Yeah, that's awesome. That's the only one I remember seeing because you see the car so much, obviously. But that's awesome. Uh, a couple other things. Um, there's a fan theory out there. That Ferris uh, doesn't actually exist. It was all a figment in Cameron's imagination, who's just lying <laughs> home sick in the bed, which would fit, I guess. 
like it was just Pharisee made up, and it was just the, the he would do the things that Cameron would never never had the guts to do, kind of thing. Yeah, um, like Mr. Robot. Right. Uh, the ska pop group Save Ferris got their name from this this uh, this yeah. movie. They um, from the the water tower in the movie says Save Ferris on it, and then the, there's a band called Rooney. Which I didn't realize this yeah. was got a, uh, got a, their name from the principal Ed Rooney in the movie. They were they were first called the Ed Rooney Band, but then they just they call themselves Rooney. No, so. I didn't realize that's how they got their name. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That is cool. My wife loves them. Well, we love your wife. <laughs> I'm glad you went there. You you could have gone a couple different ways. What are you saying? I'm not gonna be mean. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, any other things on this movie, Jim? No, I am totally cashed out on Ferris Bueller. <laughs> okay, this was your number three. Okay, so we got to yeah. we got to. That was my number four. So, Jim, what's your number four? Mine is a 1998 movie. Okay, called Can't Hardly Wait. Oh, Jimbo. Yes, sir. This is my number one, Jim. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. I know. I know you. What you thought was gonna be my number one, but I have my reasons. But I'll get to it later. But yeah, keep going. Go. Can't they wow, wait. I'm sorry I just busted your list. That's all right. It's a great movie. I'm going to run down a few people in this movie. Not as long as the list you just robbed. I'm going to have to cut that out. But <laughs> it, was, it was. It took up a good solid seven minutes. Oh, come on. Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt yep. plays Amanda Beckett. Gorgeous. Go- gorgeous. Yep. Gorgeous. Ethan Embry plays Preston Meyer. Uh, Ethan Embry claims to barely remember filming the movie because he was so stoned the whole time. That surprises me. I didn't think of him as a stoner. I didn't either, but apparently he's the biggest stoner on the set of that movie. That in another <laughs> little, and you might have this too. Um, what's it, Jennifer Love Hewitt gave him like a, a bunch of mints and stuff for their kissing scene because he would he smelled so much like weed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Seth Green. Melissa Joan Hart. It was her film debut. Oh, my girl. <laughs> <laughs> she was, I loved her back then. Break. Yeah, back then. I still uh, love her. <laughs> Donald Faison, also uh, Turk in Scrubs. Jamie Presley, Selma Blair, Brecken Meyer, Jenna Elfman, Jason Siegel, and Charlie Horsmo. Do you know what he was from? Hook. Hook. Run home, Jack. Run home, Jack. Run home, Jack. Uh, this was his first and last on-screen appearance since Hook. In 1991, he was attending MIT. That's that's awesome. I mean, yeah, yeah good for him. Did he ever act after that? No, not, you said nope. last appearance. Okay, all right. Yep. Um, so anybody who hasn't seen Ken Hardly Wait, I'm sorry. And the story takes place after a high school graduation party. And in a style much like that of high school movies of the 1980s, the filmmakers were inspired... Uh, by their observations that in most teen films, the best scenes were the party scenes. So they decided to make a movie set entirely at a party. That right there makes me want to watch the movie. Yeah, it's it's awesome. It's uh, it's, yeah. it's 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 totally awesome. The reason, uh, uh, not to jump over here, but the reason I have this was my number one, and not the other ones that might be coming up here, um, is because it's totally like my our generation. Like you were always looking forward to the party at the end of the year. And there, it came out right when we were these kids. Like we were the same people, and so we all knew the, you know, the the Kennys of the world who dressed like, <laughs> like he was a basketball player yeah. who never could play basketball, and he's a rapper who couldn't rap. You know, he's that kid, <laughs> and we all knew 
Jennifer Love Hewitt, the pretty girl. We all knew Melissa Joan Hart's the yearbook girl who always wants to what a sign her yearbook. We knew that's why I love this because it's like every single person you're like, oh, that's so and so in high school. That's the other person. That's that. You just go down the line, and it's yeah. awesome. It's totally awesome. Anything else? No, no. I want you to keep okay. going. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to keep going. No, I mean, I, it, one, I can. So it's, uh, it's, I can. It's, uh, I love it. It's great. It's great uh, the film takes its name from a replacement song of the same title from their 1987 album, Please to Meet Me, which actually plays over the film's closing credits. There you go. Uh, let's see here. The filming... Of uh, the final scene of the party meant a uh, chaotic destruction of the house. The directors gave the go-ahead to completely trash the place. The cast and crew pulled out drawers, dropped food all over the place, messed up the carpets. Uh, they spray painted. This party sucked on the front door. All of it happened in an hour. They trashed the house in one hour. I've been to parties like that. <laughs> that's not. That's doable, Jim. <laughs> Uh, the yearbook Melissa Joan Hart used in the movie is from a Philadelphia area high school. The students' pages were shown in the movie are actually teachers' pages in the real yearbook. Yeah, I love I love that part of the movie. They show to introduce each character. Yeah, and then they show like their accomplishments or or their quotes and stuff. I just I love I think that was a super cool way to introduce the people in the movie. Yeah, I know. I thought that was really good. And, uh, Tom, the only other thing I have on this, because Ethan Embry fascinated me so much through the filming of this movie, is that um, he's never seen the movie the whole way through and didn't even read the entire script. He only, he only read the scene his character appeared in. This, this, this is awesome information that I've obviously found the same information you found. Because everyone else in the movie is, I mean, Ethan Embry is the straight guy, is the straight character. Like he's the guy in love with the girl. I mean, but he's like he's not he's crazy. Like All American guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's just a normal dude. He's not the jock. He's not the 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 weird guy. He's not the kleptomaniac, which I'll get back to him in a minute. Yeah. Um, and he's just it didn't. But yet he was in real life was just a pothead stoner who didn't who just took the part probably to pay for more weed. Like it's it just really crazy. Makes me like Ethan Embry so much I know. more. And he's not in much, but he's been no, in some he's things. Not. Yeah, uh, that's that's great. He's awesome in uh, Vacancy. He made a, a crazy appearance in that. Yeah, movie. you're right. I forgot about that. Um, uh, you mentioned it's the film uh, debut of Melissa Joan Hart. Uh, she was already well known, actually, for Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which she was also filming still. Um, but this was her first film, and she went on to a couple more films later, and. Um, while um, uh, she, while she was like I said, she was filming Sabrina the Teenage Witch at the time. Um, she has she that's why she actually took a, such a small part. I think she was offered a larger part, but um, so she would because she was so tired and doing everything at the same time. She, t- she took B twelve vitamins to stay energized during the all night shoots and admits that Jennifer Love Hewitt was skeptical of her. It when she offered her some, she said no because she was convinced they were drugs. <laughs> that's just awesome. Um, uh, you mentioned Harry Potter. Oh, the the guy um, Jerry O'Connell's cameo in it as Trip McNeely shows oh, up at the party, yeah. and he's a college freshman. <clears throat> he shows up at the party, just drinking a six pack, sitting on a swing, and uh, his he's got a polo shirt on, and it's his fraternity, and it says Delta Iota Kappa, which is D I C yeah. or D I K, which Dick. So <laughs> I always thought that, that that was pretty funny. Uh, That's the- also the same fraternity in Van Wilder. It is. Oh yeah, it is. I forgot about that. Um, 
the klepto kid he's played by chris owen he's in a couple other um high school movies we've seen over the years and stuff so you recognize him when you see him he has no lines in this movie um he appears in multiple scenes stealing something uh he's so he'll just he's stealing some random items from the convenience store when you when we meet kenny fisher and his friends uh, he steals a small statue that belongs to Molly, the girl who's hosting the party. He steals a Love Burger t-shirt, which is the band that's a, that never gets to play. Um, and, that's right, they never play. <laughs> yeah. And he steals a, <laughs> this way, steals a police car when the party's getting broken up. And it finally, at, at, the, at the diner in the morning when they're out at the breakfast, he steals a gumball machine <laughs> at the restaurant. So... Um, that's just an awesome like that. What a character to play! Like, hey, we're not gonna give you lines, but you just gotta show up in these scenes. You're gonna steal something. That's what if that'd be fun. That'd be a fun character. Um, this is also the film debut of Jason Siegel. He plays one of the yeah. stoned out guys out by the pool, um, which is pretty funny. Um, yeah, I just I love this movie. Like I said, I, I picked this as my number one because it's it just it just brings me back to like what high school is like. I mean, we when this school this came out, we are all dressed like these people we all like knew what they're talking about we all had that we all had the like i mentioned all those people that we went to school with you can name for each group of people in here um we all had the, the, the there was the girl with the group of girlfriends that was annoying as hell but they all had boyfriends and they were dumb you know like <laughs> it was just like everyone was represented in this movie but it's a great movie and it still holds up it's a it's 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 so much fun so good pick jim well good pick tom well thank you okay now i'm confused because that was your number four and we know you're number three. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Now my I number can take a breath for a little while. Okay, my number three. Uh, my number three came out in 1999. And I think I think this movie set a new way of movies were able to get away with stuff. <laughs> As a rated R movie, anyway. Um, and my, movie, my number three is American Pie. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Yes. Uh... For those of you who don't know, American Pie follows four uh, four friends who are seniors in high school: Jim, Oz, Finch, and Kevin. And they make a pact. Jim. <laughs> they make a pact before they graduate to all lose their virginity. Um, now they have to reach the goal by prom night. That was the that was the rules of the bet. And uh, so Oz. Who's the who's kind of the uh, the jock of the group? Uh, he began singing in a in like a I don't know like a choir group or whatever it is. Uh, and then uh, Kevin uh, just has a girlfriend, but he's so he's been he tries to persuade her the whole movie. Uh, Finch goes the easy route by trying just spreading rumors about his um, you know his manhood. <laughs> So everyone, and then Jim, I love this. Jim fails miserably. That's what this synopsis says. Whether it's being caught on top of a pie, or on the internet, Jim always ends up with his trusty sex advice with trusty sex advice from his father, played by Eugene Levy. Uh, but uh, that never goes well either. Um, and so they, you know, the, the whole movie you're wondering if they're going to reach their goal by prom night. Much of the film uh, is based. It's based in. Um, it, was it East Great Falls? Uh, but it's really East Grand Rapids in Michigan, and that's where um, uh, the writers were from that area. So they they kind of wrote it based on that. Um, the, even down to like the the school colors when on the sports teams and stuff are the same. Just the mascots a little different. But the the, the hangout they go they eat at Dog Ears is actually uh, is based on Yester Dog, which is a popular hot dog restaurant in the nearby East Town neighborhood of Grand Rapids, and. Um, uh, 
yeah, the set, the lacrosse team that they play is actually the same colors and everything of a lacrosse team that the that team plays is their ri real rival. You know, so that's kind of cool. Uh, the mm -hmm. film was actually shot in Southern California, though, um, mostly in Long Beach, and they, so he used the Long Beach schools there, and uh, he used like four of them, so it was all over the place. But one of them that they used was actually um, where parts of Ferris Bueller's Day Off was filmed, and Donnie Darko. So, oh. um, when submitting his script to the studio, the screenwriter Adam Hers uh, tilted it <laughs> or titled it. I love this. Un untitled teenage sex comedy that can be made for under 10 million that most readers will probably hate but I think you'll love. That was the title he brought to the table. <laughs> so it was later changed to East Great Falls High and then Great Falls and then they settled on American Pie because when it was called East Great Falls um, they thought it just wasn't it didn't sound cool they needed something and they just I, they didn't say who came up with American Pie but they did and of course they probably came up with it because of the scene in the movie of course but um <laughs> uh, this this movie took four times to to get to the ra the ratings people to get it a rated R. It, it kept coming back as no, it's going to be NC seventeen. Like no, we got to get it a rated R. <laughs> took them four times, so they cut out some stuff. Um, this is the film debut of Sean William Scott. We talked about him last week in our, our in Road Trip. He actually did this movie for eight thousand dollars. That's all he made. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, eight grand. But holy crap, he got a career out of it though, didn't he? Um, the, the, the theme of the prom was Arabian Nights and, uh, they actually chose that. The writers chose that because they thought it would be the quote, the absolute lamest prom ever. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, members of the Blink-182 are in the, are in this movie. They're shown, uh, when Jim is doing his little dance for Nadia and it goes out on the internet. Um, you could see them watching, uh, from their room. So that's kind of cool. Um, uh, Eugene Levy uh, plays Jim's dad, who is just hilarious. Um, he was told he can improvise uh, much of this dialogue for his character, including the part <laughs> while he's flipping through the porno mag in Jim's room. Yeah. And, he's his and he says, <laughs> and um, you can actually see when he said he's saying like oh, this one is t this one girl is saying here. Come here, big boy. Like he's, like, <laughs> you can actually see Jason Biggs laugh. Like he smirks and like almost like he's coughing because he's trying to hold back his laughter. Um, <laughs> and they left that in the movie. Uh, this is funny enough. I mentioned it took a long time to get a rated R rating. Uh, in Denmark, they have a different rating system, but this was rated A, and A stands for Ollie, which in English means everybody. So they had it totally wrong, or Denmark just doesn't care. <laughs> it's just it's like whatever. They're like, yeah, this is a great movie for everybody. Bring the family. Um, so they got it wrong. Uh, like I said, uh, Sean William Scott uh, was uh, paid eight thousand dollars only. Um, but then, his, I forget what it was. The next, well, was the next American Pie he, in Road Trip, he made lots of money, millions of dollars. Um, the Apple Pie, Jim, was actually from Costco. So think about that next oh. time you're at Costco. <laughs> I just ruined your every trip to Costco now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, contrary to popular belief, Jim, what's the what's the term that came from American Pie that everyone uses now, or is it is funny and stuff? Milf, milf, <laughs> uh, yep. definitely made it popular. The term popular, but it was not actually did not come from the movie. It was four years earlier, uh, a Usenet post, which I don't know what Usenet is, but in nineteen ninety five, they used the acronym 
um, predating the movie by four years. But yeah, like I said, the the movie obviously popularized it, and everyone knew about it. Um, Chris Klein, who plays Oz, and Sean William Scott Stifler did not know how to play lacrosse prior to shooting. As a result, they had to practice the sport for about three four weeks before before just letting their doubles handle the sports scenes because they just couldn't get it. <laughs> they didn't look good enough playing. Um, when uh, Eugene Levy auditioned for the film, at, at the time it was still called East Great Falls, and he was already shooting an independent film titled American Pie. <laughs> and the indie film actually had to change its name, and they changed it to The Secret Life of Girls, which I'd never seen or anything, but it's kind of interesting. Um, and this one's funny, too. Jason Biggs had to do the sex scene himself... Because his body double showed up, this is interesting, showed up with an eight inch long scar across his stomach and got fired because of it. So I don't know if he got in a, in a fight or something, but the, the, the body double was let go because of it. So Jason Biggs, who'd never done a sex scene before, was never in any much acting before this, had to do that. So uh the url that on jim's webcast uh that you know he's that he emails to everybody um and it, it gives the url but you can look it up yourself but it actually is a real url for the psychology department at john hopkins university which is <laughs> i thought was funny and uh the my favorite character is uh the band girl michelle allison hannigan <laughs> uh her lines are great i'm not gonna say them all because some are just you know you know the movie um but she actually went back. She initially wanted to, uh, she was offered the role of Heather, but she turned it down because she liked the role of Michelle. And when she went back for an audition for that role, because they wanted to read again for it, she actually, in real life, had to pee really bad. <laughs> and so she ran to the bathroom to before her her name was called, and then they called her right after she got out. So she went into the interview um like all being all quirky and stuff and, and higher energy because she was nervous and that got her the role. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um, and she stayed in character after shooting her scenes and she would annoy everyone and herself by continuing to talk off camera and using her, her quirky little uh, thing by ending sentences with a question mark, like, <laughs> like this one time at band camp. Um, and then the line she says at the, uh, to Jim during their sex scene is, she goes, say my name, bitch, <laughs> which is hilarious, uh, was totally ad-libbed by her. And the director, they thought it was so funny that they left it in. So, uh, this is an awesome movie. I, um, again, it came out like kind of, you know, we're all still, I was a senior in high school and this came out and like, it was just like. It was over the top. Like, we didn't nor- really talk like these kids. We all thought this way, especially guys. And I don't know, you know, this is a total guys movie. I get it, you know. But we all, like, had these things about the way we talked. And there was the and, um, there was the guy who just couldn't do anything right, which was, like, Jim's character in the movie. And there was the the, the jock guys. And it was just it was just more of the coming of age for that era in my life. And uh, I, I love it. And, it, of course, it spawned three sequels, uh, American Pie 2, uh American Wedding and American Reunion and then it spawned like four more like offshoots which I didn't see them all there was like a American Pie Band Camp a Beta House uh I got Naked Mile and I didn't write the other one down but um not good but Eugene Levy is in all eight of them <laughs> he's the only one <laughs> yeah he's in the only one in all of them um yeah do you got do you know you got anything on this movie Jim No I was just going to say I'm I'm pretty sure when you you brought up the term MILF I'm pretty sure it was John Cho from Harold and Kumar who was the first person to say it in that movie. Correct. He was. And he was actually, it's funny you bring him up. He was actually the oldest person in the movie at the time of filming. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, but yeah, he was one of his first roles, and holy crap, that he's, he had a career after that too. When he's the milf guy, <laughs> and then he goes on to be, I mean, some awesome roles and stuff. So, um, and then of course we got to learn about Stifler's mom, of course, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's just there's just awesome awesome stuff in this movie. It's funny, and I totally get it. I know it's a total guys movie, but it doesn't stop it from being hilarious. Just like you know, Animal House and all those movies we talked about last week. It's uh yeah it's it's funny. No oh, yeah I love this movie. It, it, it's a great pick. I love this movie. <laughs> All right, so we know your number three. Remind everyone who your number three was, Jim. Uh, I got to scroll back up. First Bueller's Day Off. All right, and your number two, Jim. My number two. It's one of my favorite movies. It's two thousand seven. Super bad. Oh, nice! I left this one off. I love Super Bad. It's funny. Um, it's, <laughs> this movie made me laugh so hard the first time I watched it. Um, Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah play Seth and Evan, two teenagers about to graduate high school. Before graduating, they want to go to a party, uh, also lose their virginities. Common theme in high school movies. Yeah, common theme in teen comedy movies, yeah. <laughs> Written by Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, his writing partner. So Seth and Evan makes sense now. Right. Uh, The script began developing when uh, Rogen and Goldberg were 13 years old, loosely based on their experience in 12th grade in Vancouver in the 90s. Um, Let's see. In fact, Rogen initially intended to play Seth, but due to the age, uh, the the age and physical size, uh, Hill played Seth, which we all know. Right. Um, and and uh, Rogan played uh, a police officer opposite Bill Hader. And they also had a uh, childhood friend named Sam Fogel, which is how McLovin got his name. Fogel. Name's McLovin. McLovin. Uh, so, <clears throat> stars Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah, um, Christopher Mintz, is it Plossy? Place? I don't know. I don't he, know. Yeah, who plays McLovin. Yeah. Um, and he had no acting experience. His actor headshot he took with a cell phone. Nice. Uh, Bill Hader, Seth Rogen, Emma Stone's film debut. Yeah. Dave Franco's in it. Just <laughs> one of my favorite parts when they're playing soccer. <laughs> it's, uh, it was like third grade. So, and then uh, Joe, <laughs> Joe Latriglio is in it too and he's the guy that uh like hits him with a car and he's like so you guys you guys got myspace he's um and he was in uh sorry <laughs> he was in uh the comedy group um the state he was in the show the state with michael and black um ken marino michael show walter thomas lennon all these like guys who've gone on to be really great comedians in a bunch of movies and a lot of them are in the same movies uh, ken marino was in uh, role models again with the kid who plays McLovin, and yeah. they, and right now uh, Latriglio's in Brooklyn Nine Nine. Right, and all of those guys that you mentioned are in the Wet Hot American Summer on Netflix, yes. and um, that the new the Ten Years Later one just came out, and we started watching a couple episodes. Oh my god, you gotta watch it. It's amazing. There's, it's, and the original one, um, oh, what's his name? Pa- uh, Paul Rudd. I told you. Paul Rudd. Thank you. His scene in the first one with the lunch tray, <laughs> yeah. and he keeps drawing. Oh my god, that's like the funniest scene in the entire movie. 
Oh man. Um, so Eminem says that this is his favorite movie of all time. <laughs> nice. And, and he reference he references it in two of his songs, "Brainless" and "Ballin' Uncontrollably," which defines this movie. Right. <laughs> um, the F word is used 186 times. Was this a Scorsese pick? Yeah, right. Jeez. And the movie is only 113 minutes long, so it averages (laughs) 1.6 uses of the word per minute. Wow. (laughs) That's pretty good. Um, uh, The the pivotal penis drawings in the movie (laughs) were a point of contention with the MPAA, Uh, particularly the scene where young Becca is holding the image of one of them. Yeah, that's... that's... Uh, yeah, Jed Apatow said um, it was the subject of much legal wrangling, including <laughs> including how erect they could be, if the veins could be shown, etc. Uh, however, the actress playing young Becca had a different picture to hold during that scene before they cut to the actual drawing. You can even see from the reverse side that the drawings she holds are completely different. <laughs> Probably for great reason. Uh, the drawings themselves were done by David Goldberg, Evan Goldberg's brother. There were close to 1,000 of them produced. Only a handful were featured in the movie, and a lot of them were featured in the closing credits. Wow. 1,000, Tom. Uh, <laughs> the kid who plays McLovin, uh, who was only 17 when the film was shot, required him to have a parental supervision during his love scene <laughs> with Nicola. He said it was real it was real awkward, but it worked out okay because when I watched the movie with her, the sex scene wasn't as awkward because she had been there when it happened and they still haven't talked about that moment. No, no, you know something you don't talk about with your mom. There's like this oh man, this movie's so funny. There's so many scenes in it. Uh or so many lines and so many scenes that are just so funny and so quotable. Like uh have you ever he's like Zach Morris. Have you ever looked into his eyes? It's like the first time I heard the Beatles. When he said that line, I heard that line for the first time, I about wet myself. It was, it, that movie is just so hilarious. And it's a true line too, by the way. And, and I say it all the time when I'm like playing video games, when he's like talk, talking about defeating terrorists when he's playing the video games. Why do you even make it? Why do you even make the game if you can't win it? I, oh man, that movie's so funny. <laughs> Oh, good. That's a good pick, Jim. I remember seeing this in the theater and just being blown away. Like, holy crap! Like, I, I this is one of the. I went to the theater not really knowing what it was, which mm-hmm. is which is the best way to see a movie, if especially if it ends up being a good movie, you know. Um, and I remember just leaving like, oh my god, what the hell did we just see? And that was amazing. <laughs> oh, good pick, Jim. I do not have this one on my list. I let it was one of the the cut off and. Uh, Oh, such a good movie. I love the fact that he fills up two gas tanks <laughs> full of booze <laughs> and he's walking around with them the whole time. And then there's one thing that's here's one thing in the movie that my wife and I do. Like I'll lean over to her and I'll tap her on the nose and go boop boop boop. <laughs> <laughs> and she thinks it's she actually thinks it's funny. So I guess. What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do to make tiramisu? <laughs> I'm like a single mom. I wash and dry. Oh my god! And then uh, the scene where they're at that party, they get to a different party or whatever. Um, and uh-huh. Michael Sarah's in that room with 
there's potential drug dealers or whatever. Yeah. And he sings, he's singing. These eyes. <laughs> These eyes. <Yeah. laughs> oh my God. That's when I thought I was going to wet myself seeing this movie. Um, oh, man. Uh, good pick, Jim. It's, oh, good stuff. Anything else on it? <laughs> no, that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, my number, my number two, and I think this will be your number one. Um, it came out, and we talked about this before, during our summer movies, 1993, Dazed and Confused. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> I get older, they stay the same age. My my favorite movie of all time. Yes, I, and I knew it would be your number one. And I, it's one of my favorite movies of all time, too, but because of what I talked about, Can't Hardly Wait, this category made me put that one over it. But, um, And we talked about this movie at length, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, in our summer movies episode, and we talked about it during our, our I think, our soundtracks episode. <laughs> you know, so go back and check those out on Podbean. Um, uh, it's awesome. It, the film itself was not a hit in the theater at all. Uh, we talked about that before, like how it, it was just movie rentals and you know blockbuster and Hollywood video rentals that just made this movie explode onto the scene. After um, it's just one you had to see. Like everyone had it, or everyone knew about it when I was a kid. Um, we all just thought, uh, what a cool era to grow up in, because it takes place in 1976. It takes place in the span of one day, last day of school, and they go to a big party, you know, a party at the Moon Tower. See you there. Um, and which, you know, they actually they have Moon Towers in Austin. I don't. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's like, like a, a real thing. A uh, couple things, because I said we, like I said, we talked about this movie a lot. But a couple things. Um, you mentioned Varsity Blues earlier. Uh, Top notch. Uh, where they go in Varsity Blues is also the same place they filmed uh, the Top Notch Burgers in Days and Confused. And they used the same; it's all the same it's in Texas, and there's um, which is kind of cool. Um, Jim, I, I know it's your number one, correct? It is. Okay, yes. so a couple other things I'll just say, and I'll let you kind of take over. But um, I mentioned it wasn't a big hit. It opened in 183 theaters, only grossing um, the first weekend. $918,000, which is not a lot of money when you open in 183 theaters across the country, <laughs> even for 1993 standards. Um, and it went on to make $7.9 million, just under $8 million, and uh, was not, you know, not good. But it gets a 94% approval rating on average or on Rotten Tomatoes and things like that. So I don't, don't understand why no one went to the movie, but obviously everyone loves it. But what else do you got on the, on the movie? Oh, man. I, my favorite movie of all time. Uh, great cast, such a great cast that as I was continuing writing notes on it, I kept remembering more and more people that were in the movie. Right. Uh, Jason London, Joey Lauren Adams, Mila Jovovich, Rory Cochran, Adam Goldberg, not Adam F. Goldberg. Different Adam. Different Adam. Cole Hauser, Ben Affleck, Parker Posey, McConaughey, Renee Zellweger, and Marissa Rabisi, the sister of Giovanna Rabisi, and the wife of Beck. <laughs> All Scientologists. Oh, damn it. I had to drop it in there. Well, now I'm, I'm done with them. She played, uh, I love those redheads, man. Right. She played the redheads. Right. Um, so, prior to the filming, uh, Wiley Wiggins, who plays Mitch Kramer, oh, Mitchie, 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 who, the only thing I think he was ever in, he was in one scene in the faculty. Oh, yeah. He was in one scene. You're right, he um, was. He had never thrown a baseball in his life. And because of this, a body double was used for all the pitching scenes. <laughs> okay. And I can kind of see that. Yeah. Um, and see, in the scene where the kids are building the paddles in the wood shop, 
the teacher in the woodshop sleeping was the real teacher at the school. I think, and he still works there. <laughs> That's awesome. I think you've told me that fact before. And that is just <laughs> awesome. The, the way he's sleeping, I've seen a teacher sleep like that. That's real. Yeah. Like, he's a Mostly real teacher. You can tell. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the only thing better uh, is if he was missing a couple fingers. That's a real shop teacher. <laughs> we talked about the, the film's budget. One sixth of the budget went to music. <laughs> well, the soundtrack. Good, thank God it did though, because it's yeah. the best part of the movie. I mean, oh, the, yeah. it, the whole movie's great, but that was like amazing. The music in it. Um, Wooderson McConaughey's character. All right, was, all right, all right. He he based it on his older brother, and if you <laughs> haven't seen his casting read for it, it's on YouTube. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing, it's amazing to watch. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see, McConaughey's production company uh, now, his production company now is JKL Productions for Just Keep Living. <laughs> L-I-V-I-N. L-I-V-I-N. <laughs> um, Sean Andrews, who plays Pickford, and Jason London, uh, who plays Randall Pink Floyd, did not get along during the shoot. And uh, the director eventually had to break them up from fighting at one point. They wound up changing the ending of the movie. It was supposed to feature Pickford instead of Wooderson. So at the end, they're all going, I think, to get uh, Aerosmith tickets. Yeah. And Aerosmith, in, babe, three weeks. They're, they're in Wooderson's uh, Chevelle, and it wasn't supposed to be him. It was supposed to be Pickford, probably, in his judge. They also accounted for uh, the virtual lack of dialogue. That also accounts for the virtual lack of dialogue between the two characters in any of the scenes. Did they say why they didn't get along? No. Hmm. Nope. Uh, the word man is used 203 times in the film. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's yours, man. Whose bowling ball is this? It's yours, it's yours man. man. <laughs> <laughs> While filming in uh, in Texas, Mila Jovovich and Sean Andrews, who played Pickford, eloped to Vegas and got married. However, Jovovich was only 16 years old, Ooh. and Andrews was 21. Her mother had the marriage annulled. Why? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Uh, all the wooden paddles were custom designed by the stars. I think we've mentioned that before. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, one of them, I think you said this, has says 17 years on it. Yeah. Uh, noting the difference between the movie's release and the movie's setting. Right. Uh, and I've often wondered this part. There's a part where they're at the uh, at the party by the moon tower and Mila Jovovich is playing her guitar, singing some song. And then they start talking about like aliens, aliens, man, and George Washington, and George Washington <laughs> group fields of him. She's a hip, hip lady, all that stuff. Um, that song that she's singing about the aliens was a, is a song from her own 1994 album, the divine comedy. So I didn't, I didn't know if she was singing like some obscure 70s song that I didn't know, but it's not it's her own song. I had no idea. I didn't either. How many beers you had, man? Just one. You're so dead. So, so dead. See that? It's a blood stain, man. Some <laughs> drunk freshman fell and hit his head on every beam. O'Bannon's car was a 72 Plymouth Duster, 340. Pickford's, my favorite car. Yeah. Mine is the 69 Judge, but he drove a 70 Judge. Um, and Wooderson's is a Chevelle SS. And here is the best, the best factoid I can give on any list we have ever done, ever. You ready? I'm ready. Mitch Kramer Mitchie. touches his nose 42 <laughs> times in this movie. 
Well, 30 of them have to take place in the scene outside the pool hall. <laughs> outside the Emporium, yeah, when he meets the other freshman girl who never did anything else. Right. The, the only two who never went on to do anything else. I know. She uh, was adorable, too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 42, so t- you say 42 times? 42. If you're going to do a drinking game oh, to Days of Confused, I would not do it every time Mitch Kramer touches his nose. No, you'd be dead. You'd be dead. <sighs> what? Couldn't Mitch they had to drive the director nuts yeah it's like dude stop touching your nose obviously it's a nervous tick or something you know but wow that's a good one i think we've done that my friends and i have had tried to count because we watched this movie so many times oh man and um i remember in high school and we'd we'd try to sit it was like okay what's what's count how many times he touches his nose outside the pool hall so uh which i don't remember what we ever came up with at the time but go ahead and make that a fun game for yourselves yeah uh Good. This movie's just incredible. It's just the best. Um, of course, uh, Linklater had the movie Everybody Wants Some that uh, came out. When did that come out? A couple of years. It was like a few years later. Maybe two years. Maybe two years ago. Three well, years ago. Yeah, and it's about college. Um, and we mentioned it as one of your humble mentions, I think, uh, last week. Um, but it also takes place in Texas, revolves around a baseball team, and um, mm-hmm. uh, is on. Is it either Hulu or Amazon or one of those right now? So you can go check that out. Um, it's just the best. Um, I mean, think of the career Matthew McConaughey had after this. I mean, yeah, to go from Wooderson, who is such a – if you really watch him, he's a creepy, weird dude in the movie, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But he's, one of the, he's my favorite character. Him and, and – uh, 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 what's his name? Played by Ray Cochran. Uh, Slater. Slater. He got, hey, got my report card. All A's. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my buddy uh, Ryan, who I mentioned earlier, he always would say, like, straight A's. Like, <laughs> so, well, good picks, Jim. So that's your number one. Yeah. We know our number one. We're, our list is over, Jim. <laughs> what? Uh, we didn't do any other. Well, no, because our normal th- our normal thing didn't uh, constitute it. So what's, what's, let's mention some honorable mentions. What do you got? Oh, man. Um, Cruel Intentions. Yeah. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite was really close to making oh, my list. That's a good one. Uh, you you said American Pie. She's all that. Love that. Um, I love Mean Girls. That movie is hilarious. Uh, Friday Night Lights. Ten Things I Hate About You. I can't believe that didn't make your list. That was that that was one that was super bad. And Ten Things I Hate About You were the two that I had to like really struggle taking off. I um, love that movie. Yeah, uh, Virgin Suicides on a darker note. Scream on a horror I note. Love that. Uh. One of my favorite is actually an 80s movie, Risky Business. Yeah, good good pick. Um, Hoosiers, Dead Poet Society. And I think a lot of people will probably be upset that neither one of us mentioned Fast Times at Ridgemont High. I know. Um, well, good picks. You, every one of your honorable mentions are also on my honorable mentions. A couple others, um, 16 Candles, uh, oh, yeah. uh, Grease. I'm a fan of Grease. I think it's a great movie. Um, Say Anything. Um, Better Off Dead. Um, you mentioned Fast Times Ridge. Hi, Twenty One Jump Street. Um, yep. H- House Party with Kid and Play. Love that yeah. movie. Uh, Drive Me Crazy because it's Melissa Joan Hart and I love her. And um, The Faculty. I love the movie The Faculty. Yes, that is great. And that was one I really. It was like when we talked about we had like ten of them. That was in my top ten, and I'm like, it, it fell off. But I love that. But um, and there's tons. I know there's tons of other movies out there. I know my wife was like, you got to mention Clueless. I'm like, well, I don't really have to. Um, but I know a lot of a lot of people love that movie. 
Um, but yeah, this was a fun list. But this, honestly, Jim, this was hard. This was the hardest one to cut down to five of all our yes. 36 episodes or so. So that's that's good. We had some people write in with their top fives. I'll, I'll, I'll name them quickly here. Kevin, he even preference, he even stated at the top of his comment, this was a tough one. Agreed, Kevin. Uh, he had Grease. Uh, Heather's. Oh, I forgot about that movie. I oh, Heather's. Heather, yeah. yeah. Uh, Can't buy me love. Another one I forgot about. That's a um, great one. Breakfast Club and then Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, Zach had Superbad, Breakfast Club, uh, Porky's. <laughs> um, not another. Not another teen movie. And then American Pie. Um, he also named a bunch of ample mentions, and he he kind of called you out here. He said, oddly enough, these are also some of my rom com rom com selections too. What do you think, Jim? Probably notice, notice I didn't even say uh, "Girl Next Door" on my list. It's it's insane on there. He thought he thought for sure it was gonna though. So probably should have been. It's <laughs> yeah. a great movie. Uh, Dave wrote in uh, "Fast Times at Ridgemont High," "Going the Distance," which is basically a Canadian version of Road Trip, but it's a lot of oh. fun. I've actually seen that, and it is. It's the same thing with their high school kids. Um, disturbing behavior, uh, the Breakfast Club, and then his number one was "Days and Confused," and. Um, um, he also said, hopefully your lists aren't Gordy to the max, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Um, <laughs> so yeah, thank you all for writing in. Uh, really appreciate that. Um, Jim, this was fun. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm just, I'm tired. I thought about this all week and I'm just tired. I can't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm mad at myself for leaving certain ones off. I want to go watch them to make them feel better, you know, <laughs> cause I have all these movies. I have them all. So, all right, Jim. Well, let's uh, let's start wrapping this up here. But we need to um, talk about what we're gonna do next week. What are we doing next week? Well, you kind of alluded to it when you're talking about super bad. Because the first time I looked into Zach Morris's eyes, it was like the first <laughs> time I heard the Beatles. <laughs> let's do our top five Saved by the Bell episodes. It's uh, it's been asked of us for quite a while. It's actually, been asked it? of us. So uh, a couple people have brought up, like, I really hope you do it. And so we will. We're going to stick with our back to school theme because we're coming. To, and then we'll uh, not sure how many more back to school things we have after this one, but that's OK. Um, and so I'm excited about this because I'm a, I'm a, I still watch repeats of Saved by the Bell constantly. I do, too. Yeah. Yep. That's because I'm now, a child. Is this going to what's our what's our guideline here? Uh, does it involve the college years? I'm does gonna that s- even really matter? Yeah, I don't think would any that, of those. Any of those <laughs> you know what? Sure, it can involve the college years. And if any of them are on this, this would be the last time we ever record an episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, let's just stick with the high school, the real show. Okay. Oh, but a good question, though, is do we consider the Miss Bliss ones? Because that's, yes. I could, Okay. Because I don't know if I have yeah, any I in my so. top five there, but we'll consider them because that's part of the show. So, um, okay, so get some. You're gonna get to some studying to do, then, huh? Gonna... I'm excited. Are you? Are you? I can. I I know what my number one is gonna be already. Well, good, good. I'm excited to hear all about it, Jim. Next week, you'll have to wait. Okay. Well, I am gonna call you back and see if carry the two about five minutes. Good. I'll call you back after study hall then. Okay.